But when you show up as a Wish kid and a Wish family, they treat you like you're Walt Disney's kids. And that was one of the most wonderful feelings in the world. Because that's what happens when somebody in your family is sick or you're sick. Um, being isolated and hopeless are it's 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 just a blanket of misery that you know it covers your life and being a wish family removes that and makes you the rock star not getting all the attention because you need 15 doctors and 10 nurses it's because you're a rock star welcome to make wish southern fuller's world of wishes podcast i'm richard kelly Today's episode features Make-A-Wish jack-of-all-trades Joel Nagelbush. Joel's a wish dad, volunteer, and all-time wish granter, plus so much more. He talks about his son's wish and how it created the spark to do more, and in the years since, Joel has helped grant dozens of wishes and created memories for wish kids and their families that they'll remember forever. He recalls many of those memories during today's episode. Enjoy. And I'm excited today to have uh, Joel Nagelbush. Uh, Joel is a great friend of the organization. He's a great personal friend. Um, got to know uh, Joel over the years. Uh, an extremely passionate volunteer, wish granter, wish dad, um, all around Make-A-Wish guy and um, eager to uh, talk to him about his story, his son's story and his story of volunteerism and what it means to him. So uh, welcome, Joel. It's great to have you here. It's good to see you. Thank you. I want to talk a little, start talk uh, to talk a little bit about your son, um, about Justin and his path uh, to becoming a man. He's 22 now, mm -hmm. um, but he had his wish uh, a number of years ago. And uh, so, talk about his wish and talk about Justin just as a person. Okay, that's easy way to get this started. So, uh, I was 20. August 7th will be 21 years. Um, so. Justin was premature, and we went to his three-month checkup. And you know how they do the doctors do the echo test. They tap on the liver to see to hear if there's any sound in it. And I hear the doctor does the test twice, then looks over and says, "You have to go to Jackson in Miami." So we're in Margate at the time. Um, I'm just out of a uh, cancer diagnosis and fight, learning how to be a dad, and now we have to go to Jackson, um, which was a facility that a month before we got there had created a medical error that cost my grandmother her life. So we take him down to the hospital and the doctors there wanted to do a procedure to sort of mechanically save the liver it was just full of scar tissue and there was no room for blood to flow through it he had a disease called biliary artresia and they needed to find pathways to get the blood flow around the liver so to avoid being too technical um, the surgery didn't work and they told us now we got to go home and go home and do what? Well, now you wait. And wait for what? A liver or him to pass? <laughs> wow. So we go home. Um, we're home for about a month and a half. And then he gets sick enough to where he had to stay in the hospital. And then August 7th, 2003, we got the call that he had his transplant. So a year goes by and um, you know you need to be two years old to get a wish so as soon as he 
became old enough, uh, somebody at the, on the transplant team referred us, and the wish process started. We, at the time, didn't really know anything about the foundation. We didn't know what to expect, uh, which is a common theme. Mm-hmm. And you have people that show up and ask, you know, well, what do you want? What is your kid like? What does he want to do? What does he want to have or go or be? And, uh, you know, it was a lot. And Justin said that, you know, I, I think I want to see a bridge being built. Well, that's a difficult thing for a wish, right? At first, it takes forever. And what about that was special? And it turned out to be the heavy equipment in it. Ultimately, that wish didn't get granted. Right. And Justin said he wanted to go to Disney World. Um, meanwhile, throughout all of this, we're trying to find out why Justin's in pain. What's wrong with his stomach? Yeah, the liver transplant, still some issues. The foundation, so the wish granters show up and they start asking questions about what Justin wants. We realize maybe it's Disney and it starts to bring us away from all of the doctor's appointments and the lab work and your son being in pain and talking about, wow, we might be able to go somewhere. And what's that about? And, um, we had his we had his wish, and then about a year after that, Justin's pain disappeared. Turns out, when he was a baby, because so he was the second youngest baby to have a transplant, and the liver that they got as a donor was too big. One surgeon didn't want to use it. Another surgeon's like, "Well, we're gonna." So he was in pain for all those years just because his organ was too big. Now. Turned out to be a fantastic thing. Right. He's 22, um, or 20. Well, no, he's 21. Be 21 in February. Wow. And you wouldn't know he had a liver transplant. He's working. He's uh, went to FAU for a little while. Now he's taking a little break. He's got a good girlfriend, a house. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I wouldn't ask <laughs> for it all over again. Right. But I'm certainly grateful that that was his path and that he landed in a place where um still some medical stuff he's um he's epileptic now um which is managed with meds his transplant is fantastic even when he went in the hospital for his with the seizures that he's got a healthier liver than most people so it's um gratitude is not a deep enough word for everything that has happened along his journey. Yeah. yeah. That wish is a lot of years ago. What do you remember about it? So Justin's wish was to go see, to meet Spider-Man. But as you know, Disney World trips are not just Disney World trips. They're also Give Kids the World Village trips. And Give Kids the World Village, in my opinion, is one of the most special places on the planet. Everything donated from brick to roof. A theme park for critically ill children is a blessing, and it is what I remember the most. Um, they have their own caricatures. I remember, um, I forgot what his name is, but the mayor. Mayor Clayton. Mayor, yep, Mayor Clayton. Mm-hmm. Um, coming around to give gifts at the nighttime and, you know, kind of terrifying Justin at first. And then he's like, oh, when's the mayor coming back? And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then 
And during the wish, the being at the Disney park, and I, I mentioned before, I, I've worked for Disney before, so I, I thought I understood the intricacies of the park. But when you show up as a wish kid and a wish family, they treat you like you're Walt Disney's kids. Right. And that was one of the most wonderful feelings in the world. Because that's what happens when somebody in your family is sick or you're sick. Um, being isolated and hopeless are it's 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 just a blanket of misery that you know it covers your life and being a wish family removes that and makes you the rock star not getting all the attention because you need 15 doctors and 10 nurses it's because you're a rock star right yeah so um So I think your start with uh, Make-A-Wish as a volunteer, I mentioned earlier that you're volunteer, rockstar, wish granter, uh, event volunteer, <laughs> anything we need, we asked Joel. Uh, but I think your start as a volunteer was very interesting. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, I guess about 10 years ago now, I was in the process of getting divorced and just not in a, in a great place spiritually. And I had seen what divorce had done to friends in a negative capacity and I, I, mean, I didn't really want to walk down that road I wanted to find a place that I could have a positive outlet so um, I always remembered the oasis that the foundation gave for me that, that removing the blanket of just eh in my life and I thought well maybe volunteering for them can be way to do that I hadn't even thought about being a wish grander more than I just want to be part of something positive and I went to Miami to do my training <laughs> and I never looked back it has been um, coming out of the divorce you either harden up or you become vulnerable and because I chose vulnerability the foundation became like a new relationship for me and it, like I attached to it mm-hmm. right like the negative side of coming out of divorce is you get into relationships that are horrible mm-hmm. well thankfully the foundation's a loving entity right and I was able to not even grant wishes at first but just show up at events with a wish t-shirt on and talk to people about the benefits and um, there's a cathartic side to that and then a responsibility mm-hmm. you know if you have the chance to help you can and you know um, I it's it's it was almost like a promotional hierarchy you know you start early in the morning with the events and setups and then you get promoted to wish granter and then you can actually shop and um, and being a wish <laughs> I mean there's nothing like being a wish granter so uh, yeah it's just, it's tremendous to be able to just jump out of your life and help people in a way that nothing else does it. I mean, I'm a rock star with someone else's money and whatever religious beliefs anyone has, the karmic side of this is fantastic. And then the selfish side is it really makes me feel good, Mm -hmm. which is why it was so beneficial in, I mean, it set my life on a trajectory to be where I'm at now and over the past seven or eight years um, my social footprint on who I've helped and lives that I've touched my personal life with my doctorate and how I want to be part of the organization in the future it's uh, 
um, to be able to do all of that for free is a very special thing. What would you tell somebody else who is thinking about becoming a wish granter and maybe says, I don't know if that's for me. It seems sad to me. Mm-hmm. Kids in these situations. What would you tell them? So I'll give you an example. Um, I did a presentation about three weeks ago, maybe not, maybe two weeks ago, um, on the Make-A-Wish Foundation for where I work. Shout out to Team Gray. And I wasn't sure how to create the narrative for it, right? Not everyone wants to be around sick kids. It's a trigger and it's a, it's a lot. My focus was more about all of the ways that you can help the foundation. The first is the foundation spends the money the best. Like it's, I mean, not number one in the country, but it's really good. And then the other side is that is because it is the way that they can do that is because of the ways that we can help. And I immediately go to being a part of the ball. I mean, like I've been to four or five of them, and if they each raise two or three million dollars a piece. In the past 10, 10 years, I've raised a crazy amount of money. That's a really cool thing to be a part of. But then the people side, you know, like cups throwing distance to Leonard Skinner and Diana Ross and all the people and um, chicken wing eating contest, which was fantastic, except I couldn't eat the chicken wing again for like six months. <laughs> yeah. um, to the whiskey and wine, and then to be able to speak or go to Top Golf or. Um, a party where J-Lo and uh, Jordan and all these, a shoe release, or like to be able to help in the capacity, administrative work, just answering the phones. It doesn't have to be face-to-face with the kids. And that conversation tends to open people's eyes to, wow, this is what we can do, which is a challenge when I'm talking about it because Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get somebody involved in the organization, but touch that emotional trigger, well, then you lost them. Right. And, you know, I mean, like, I want, everybody should be part of this. Yeah. Well, Maker seems to become an important part of your social circle. It's not just the oasis that you talked about or people, you know, wish wish parents that that come back and volunteer or donate or become a part of, of the organization. They have the, a need to a feeling like they want to give back, and you had that too. This is an oasis, and now it seems like social circle stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very much the social circle. Uh, you know, being vulnerable and growing out of the divorce with the foundation made it very much my fiber. So even we were talking about this a little earlier. Even when I met my wife. In the dating process, I was granting a lot of wishes. So she, you know, at first it was like, oh, why are you going to do another wish? So like, yeah. And then she's like, she wanted to join me. Mm-hmm. And I was a little protective. Like, wait a minute, you want to join me? Why? Because you just, you know, you want, you want to be with Joel, you know? Um, or is it because it's really something you want to do? And she's a firefighter. So it's the empathetic part exists. But first responders, nurses, they have a different kind of empathy. Turns out, not only is she my life partner, but she's an amazing wish-granting partner. And um, very, I mean, this week, our date night is going to be meeting a wish family. 
It's um, going together for the Make-A-Wish Ball. And, you know, like, it's... I'm a professor and my wife's a firefighter. Like, we don't make millions of dollars. But the fact that we can go walk around all dressed up like we make millions of dollars is awesome for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It's important in our life, everybody's life, to attract wonderful things, whatever your wonderful is. Mm -hmm. And the social side of the foundation has, it was almost surprising, but so welcomed. You know, now it's it's my identity. You know, you ask me, who, who are you? I am a life coach. I'm a wish granter. I teach martial arts and I do all these other things and I'm getting my, like, even getting my doctorate is way behind I'm a wish granter. Because it's like a cape. You put on that, that, that shirt and walk into a family's house with uh, what do you want is a big deal. And I want that very much to, definition of my social fabric mm-hmm. you know I mean like yeah. what's a better driver do you believe that your being a wish parent experience has uh, has enhanced your ability to grant wishes or en- enhanced how passionate you feel about it yeah so an interesting I'm happy that this came up because it's I don't usually prep for podcasts and speaks I like to wing it but I'm working on making my message delivery more crisp and in this particular topic came up in my notes and I believe everything happens for a reason and it the having to deal with cancer and my grandmother's passing Justin's transplant all within a year and graduate like all of those things weren't by accident and to be in a place where the only way being a the only way to be a successful wish granter in my eyes to have the greatest impact is to be able to establish trust and the only way you can establish trust is by being relatable. Mm-hmm. People need to know that you understand. And one of the most awkward places that in any of the wishes for me is when a family says to me, oh, wow. Because I'm like, oh, wow, to what they're going through. And they're like, wow, you had a transplant, you had cancer. And I'm not telling them that because, oh, wow, my story. like. Look, there's sunshine on the other side of this, right? right? Like, okay. like we're bringing sunshine. Uh, sadness and stress, something's not right. So um, it affords me a level of relatability that creates an atmosphere of trust that turns into like a superpower yeah. with my wish kids. Um, and... I don't know about the religious side of things, God, the universe, Buddha, whatever. I'm thankful to it all because being able to be that, I mean, like, it's, it's wonderful. I, I just have to be me. And I, I get to have an impact on these families that is, you can't script it. So tell us some stories about about 
wishes that you've you've worked on you and connie have worked on you know some of the kids some of the uniqueness i know there's there's a lot of stories there it's like asking who your favorite kid is um, well, I didn't ask you your favorite. Right, I just right, asked you to right, tell some stories. Right. So, so the gave first you an story, yeah, fair enough. The first story, uh, always in the front of my mind, is um, JoJo's wish that he. It took a long time to find out what his wish was. We um, originally wanted to go to Wisconsin and and eat cheese and go to um, a theme park there, but. He was going through cancer and a transplant and wasn't, I mean, like, like cheese is not healthy for you. So that wasn't okay. And eventually ended up, um, we, we ended up having a, a wonderful relationship with the family. So the wish happens, you start it, and then you get to know the family. And if there's things they need and things you can get them, then, you know, you do it. Um, and magic just wouldn't stop following Jojo. Um, he had a Macy's giveaway and a Macy's cook-off and as, as a wish enhancement. And then finally he said, because he got so into cooking from the wish enhancement, he wanted to go meet Chef Ramsay. Mm-hmm. And he ended up in, um, on MasterChef. And uh, we still talk. And then my Dwayne Wade wish, that wish was amazing not as much because of the wish kid but because of Dwayne Wade and how normal he made everything um, and then I'd be remiss for if I didn't um, discuss Zoe um, Zoe and Jojo both were told they weren't going to make it that the cancer just wasn't curable and we hoped to treat them and if you saw Jojo walking around right now, you wouldn't even recognize him. He was a stunning teenager, like it, it, amazing. And then Zoe was an amazing wish. We delivered um, Snowflake to her, a Frenchie. And that wish actually went viral, which I, it was pretty cool. I was you know, a little older, but excited about being, oh, I'm going to buy a video. Yeah. Um, but she had no idea we were delivering the puppy. So the surprise part of that like the Oasis and that we took, we said, we're just going to bring you get pizza. And then the pizza, like the, and she ended up in the battle of the fight over life. And when she was, I think 14, 11, maybe something like that. Then just two weeks, two months ago, we celebrated her quinceanera. Wow. Like it's, um, everyone, need something like that in their life not the cancer and the but to be able to be part of that and watch that happen is a transformative experience for a human being and you don't have to be in it in it but you should be paying attention mm-hmm. and uh, those 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 wishes are are big deals and then there's two brothers that well the wish was for one brother because he got a transplant but his brother had donated the organ and a lot of times you show up at a wish like, like you're not granting ju- it's not just the kids wish right I guess for everyone mm-hmm. and it was funny because I kept bantering with the brother who donated saying this it's his wish you don't get to choose not for you and like there's so much 
miracles, magic, wonderfulness in those relationships, like, you know, it's unfortunate that it's hard to find, but it's at everybody's fingertips. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, there should be some kind of conscription for people to have to volunteer. And I think just change your outlook, you know, because um, you're not going to sit in front of a wish family and complain about your problems. Right. Well, you are the embodiment of a Make-A-Wish volunteer. Um, you do everything. You know, we load trucks and yeah. unload trucks and, and wish granting and public speaking and, and all of it. And, um, you know, for anybody out there that's interested in becoming a volunteer, just like Joel, you know, you can do everything or some things, and, uh, but everything makes, uh, makes an impact on a child. Uh, so tell us where you're, you've sort of sprinkled in what you're doing with your life now, what Justin's doing with his life now. So tell us where the niggle bushes are. Ah, the niggle bushes. So Justin's working. He's going to school. Um, he's got a house. He's living with his girlfriend. Like he's adulting very well. Good. Uh, things are great for me. I'm working at a university as an academic coach where I do some administrative stuff and I get to help change lives for nurses working on their master's degree um, and in hopefully by the end of September I will be Dr. Nagelbush. I'm just an official doctoral candidate now and I'm hoping to um, shine the light on the benefits of inclusivity and yeah so there's a lot of a lot of magic in the air for the nagel bushes right now and it's it's palpable yeah that's amazing i know that doctor it's a long road and <laughs> uh to get to the end of it is an amazing accomplishment so congratulations thank for you. that um, well we're we're gonna um wrap up and i just want to thank you uh joel for uh not just being here today and recording with us but for everything that you do for this organization and your amazing advocacy and passion and bringing other people into the into the tent so to speak and uh, so we really do appreciate you for that and uh, hopefully you know you you will be able to inspire people listening to this or people that they know that are listening to this uh, to to become a volunteer or, or help our organization in some way so thank you for being here awesome. thanks for having me appreciate it thanks to Joel and thanks to you for listening to World of Wishes produced by Make Wish Southern Florida Please support our mission in this podcast by sharing this episode with a friend or by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our archive shows at worldofwishespodcast.org. To learn more about making wishes come true, visit us at wish.org slash SFLA.